2: You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your team. every day, every day, every day.
1: Oh, and just like that, we got to get set for the Colts now. Week two of the NFL season. I mean, this is how it goes, right? It just flies by every single week. Nick Ashew, I'm at Nick Ashew on Twitter, Nickashew.com. So, yeah, Redskins 1-0. we got to soak it up for a couple of days, right? And you get to look around and say, ooh, 1-0, okay. Ooh, look at the division. Doesn't look so good. Ooh, those Cowboys, that offense looked terrible. Ooh, the Giants, their offensive line, they need some work right now. Ah, the Eagles, no Carson Wentz. And we can soak that up for a little bit. But we still got week two coming ahead of us now. We got a long season, and I understand that we like to react in certain ways week by week, especially after week one. It's the first real sample size that you've had of the Redskins. So we automatically assume that, well, the way that they played last week is the way that they're going to play every single week. It's just not the case. We know that that's not going to be the case. You've got a much better quarterback than Sam Bradford coming up this week and Andrew Luck, who, by the way, appears to be actually healthy again. Now, remember, Luck had missed a year of football. He came back, looked strong last week, and after missing all of 2017 with that shoulder injury, he looks like he's the same guy that really, he was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL before he got hurt. Now look, Andrew Luck wasn't great week one, but it was his first game back in over a year. He averaged just six yards per attempt. He did throw an interception. But we know why he was the top pick in the NFL draft back in 2012. He has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And one of the things that we've always said about the Colts, I know I've said this on my national show before, I've said it. it, The Colts, it's not like it's really that profound or groundbreaking, but the Colts have had a terrible offensive line for a while. But what they were able to do this offseason is have a GM that decided, hey, let me put a premium, let me put a priority on protecting my franchise quarterback so he's not getting banged around every single game. And that's what the Colts did. So this Sunday, look, the Redskins are going to be going up against an offensive line that has now been built, still younger, still, look, it's not like it's the best in the NFL, but much improved when it comes to protecting. Look, they built their offensive line, especially their interior, kind of like Scott McLuhan wanted to back in the day. Because in 2016, everybody knew, and I remember the reports were out there for a while, that McLuhan at the time, when he was the Redskins' general manager, wanted to draft Ryan Kelly, the center, put him alongside Brandon Sheriff in the interior to help protect, at the time, Kirk Cousins. The Colts took Kelly before the Redskins actually went on the clock, so they never got a chance to get him. But the Colts also took Quinton Nelson with the sixth overall pick this year. They've kind of got that offensive line that McLuhan wanted, and whether or not it's exactly what McLuhan wanted, the point is, is that they've addressed that offensive line. Now, Kelly's had some injuries to start his career a little bit. Not just, obviously, Andrew Luck on top of that and being able to work with him and developing that rapport and that chemistry. But they now have a much stronger offensive line. Now, keep in mind, Anthony Costanzo, their tackle, is on the injury report this week. But it's just it's a better offensive line. That's something that I want to see the Redskins. I was actually talking to Brian Mitchell about this yesterday. I know. Nick, you're a name-dropper. I'm being a name-dropper a little bit here. But we did have a good conversation about it. Because the point was is that after the Redskins beat Arizona last week, One of the big criticisms that we heard, and look, I felt it a little bit too at first before really going back to watch the game, and I still could have wanted to see a little bit more, is more of a pass rush. The problem is, is that they were throwing the ball so quickly, Arizona was with Sam Bradford, because they were just, they were trying to get some sort of rhythm out there. They were trying to get their offense going in any capacity that they could, that they were throwing the ball so quickly that the Redskins had no shot to even get after Sam Bradford because the ball was just out of his hands that quickly. Now, look, you don't have to get a pass rush and constantly smack into the quarterback to have your defensive line or your pass rush still be effective. If you're forcing them to throw the ball quickly, if you're forcing them to maybe even get out of a rhythm offensively, you're forcing them to just try to make anything work by, hey, let's just get up-tempo, let's go, two to three seconds, drop back, two seconds, quick drop, go, boom, throw it, got to do something you can still be a good defense. It can still be a good defensive plan because you're forcing to take them away from the type of situation, the type of game plan, the type of ideas that they would have going into that game where they're just getting rid of the ball as fast as they can to try to get something going. So I'd like to see more of that this week. I'd like to see the Redskins get after Andrew Luck. I'd like to see them put pressure on him because, listen, when you've missed a year of football and you miss injuries, players will say this all the time, that... It takes about a year after the injury is healed for you to mentally, and this is more extreme injuries, but in this case, look, that shoulder injury kept Andrew Luck out for an entire season. It takes really an entire year after the injury is physically healed for you to mentally be able to just overcome the thought of guys coming in and smacking into your shoulder or your knee or whatever it was that you injured and you know compensating for it and being concerned about that injury happening again. It's the mental side of sports, right? We talk about that a lot on here. The mental side of sports is overlooked constantly. And if the Redskins can get after Andrew Luck, if they can bang him around, if they can push past this offensive line, which is certainly improved, but still very young and doesn't have a lot of continuity. Like we said, Ryan Kelly missed a lot. It was nine games last year. Andrew Luck wasn't playing at all, so it's not like they really have a ton of chemistry with each other anyway. But if the Redskins are able to do that and put pressure on Andrew Luck, it's going to give them an opportunity to really win this game because you just stack the box. There's no run game with the Colts. They don't have the ability to run the football like they have with the quarterback to be able to pass it. Get after Andrew Luck every single down and force him to make mistakes, force him to hurry up, force him to have to improvise. So the Redskins then put that pressure, get them off the field. Remember last week against Arizona, what was the big thing the defense did, right? What did we talk about? They got that off That Arizona offense off the field quickly, which then got the Redskins offense and Alex Smith back on the field quickly, which kept them in a rhythm. Right? They kept marching 70, 75, 80 yards down the field, scoring drives. Then quick three and outs by the Redskins defense gets that Redskins offense back out on the field. You can run the football. You can eat five, six, seven, eight minutes off of the clock. But on top of that, you're right back out there. You're not getting cold on the sidelines, and your defense is resting. So they can then be an aggressive defense on the next drive. It worked perfectly. The continuity between the offense and and between the defense for the Redskins was exactly what you want to see in Week 1. They're going to have to get back on that Week 2 here against the Colts. Also something, too, that it's really ironic, but you're going to see a familiar face out there. Sort of. We always say familiar face with football, but you don't actually see their faces. But you get you get the concept. Ryan Grant receptions in their season opener. Nine receptions in 16 games with the Redskins in 2016, if you want to go back to that. Eight passes for 59 yards against the Bengals on Sunday. I... Look, Ryan Grant was never going to be a star with the Reds because he's not going to be a star, period. I'm glad that he caught on with somebody after the way that his, the, the Ravens kind of did him dirty, right? They voided his contract so they could go out and get Michael Crabtree instead and said that he failed his physical. So he ends up getting a pay cut, having to go to the Colts with that. I want to see the guy succeed, but I certainly don't want to see him torch the Redskins this week. That's the last thing that I want to see. He had what 43 catches for 573 yards last year, so it was certainly better than what 2016, which he was just non-existent. But he was always right. He was always the bane of everyone's existence. Everybody's frustrated. Just Ryan Grant. Why is he still on the team? Well, he runs good routes. Okay, all right. He had a decent year last year for them, so I'm happy to see the guy out there catching on with another team and playing well. That being said, a one-year, $5 million deal, he's still going to be doing just fine, even though it was less than what the Ravens originally gave him before they failed his physical. But keep an eye on him out there because he's going to be motivated to now have a big game against the Redskins. And let's hope he does it. You can do it any other week. Just not Sunday against the Skins. All right, what does Jay Gruden think about this Colts team? Andrew Luck, their offensive line. What's the game plan on Sunday? Get a lot of feedback from you, and you seem to really like getting this access to players and and coaches. So we're going to hear from Jay Gruden next, leading up to the Colts on Sunday. It's the Locked On Redskins podcast.
3: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. You know, ever since I really got into this business, you always have people asking me, who's going to win every single week? And the truth is, I really don't know. That's why they say play the game, right? But if you think you do know who's gonna win you gotta check out my bookie remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie trust me guys this is the best when it comes to it they've been in the business for years they got great reviews online we know reviews are really important their mobile sites easy to use which is the only thing anybody uses anymore so they've got their priorities in line lay down some cash win big today I would recommend them because they're good that's why i'm telling you to go and check them out that's why i'm urging you to play with my bookie you win they pay they have in-game live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business and for you fantasy guys out there by the way you can even bet on the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game this is new just more ways to help get you involved in this right to help feed that urge Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Redskins.
4: Uh, Trey Quinn and Camp Sims both had ankle surgery today. They'll both be put on IR. Apke had a hamstring. He did not participate. Mo Harris had a concussion-related. He was limited. And Morgan Moses uh, had a slight knee. He was limited.
3: Did you make a corresponding move for uh, Quinn's spot for 47?
4: Yes, we signed ladler off our practice squad right we got quick uh yeah we activated j j u from our uh practice squad Maurice harris so this is a step forward for him i guess but he's still is he still in the concussion protocol does he still need to clear before he can uh he's more? he's been uh, allowed to do individual drills and progress from there you know so as far as still being in it he's technically not out of it till he's officially cleared but they have progressed him into normal work duty
0: uh, for Quinn and really I guess Sims too, is there a chance that either of those guys could return later this season and, and is there any Yes, difference? we get two
4: spots and uh, right now we have three possibilities really with Marshall, Quinn, and Sims. Any idea on the timeline of when those guys will be healed? Probably around six, seven weeks, eight weeks, hopefully.
3: Jay, I know we've talked about this from time to time over the years, but as Ryan Kerrigan's uh, consecutive game streak grows, what have you noticed about him? Has he had to, as he's gotten a little older and a little more miles on the wheels, change things, take more attention,
4: more care to certain things to make sure he's ready every week? Uh, No, he uh, has always taken care of himself. He's one of the uh, best pros we have in here, You know, as far as work ethic, taking care of his body. Obviously, if you look at him, uh, you can see that. So uh, he works extremely hard at practice. We do take a little bit off of him from time to time. That's just because we ask him to. We never tell him, you know, he, he never volunteers that. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's just a great worker. I think he's one of those guys that can play for a long time because he takes care of his body, works extremely hard.
3: Hey, given his position, I mean, how amazing is that stat?
4: It's amazing. It really is. You know, it's uh, obviously it's a tough football game and there's some luck involved in that, but a lot of it has to do with his uh, tenacity, his work ethic. Uh, and, you know, just off-season, in-season, Breakfast, lunch, dinner, what he eats, how he sleeps, all that. Man, he's just the ultimate pro as far as how he takes care of his body. Jay, I'm sorry if I missed it. What exactly were the two surgeries? They both, they were high ankle.
0: Just high ankle surgery? Yeah. High ankle. Yeah. yeah, there's okay.
4: some new procedure they're doing. I don't exactly know what it is called, but <laughs> they went in there and did something.
0: When it comes to Ryan Anderson playing fullback, is that something? You have him coach him up on a little bit, or is that something you're just like, "Hey, Ryan, just be ready on goal line to go in and knock somebody on their butt, and then also, how's
4: he taken that role is that Is he just embracing that and ready to do it whenever I'd like to think there was coaching involved in this league I don't know, but yeah 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 we, we, we coach him correct? up we, we we try to coach him up, you know we try to get him a couple reps on uh, Friday, Saturday just to get him to look at the defense and we don't give him a huge package of plays, just three or four plays in there, you know and uh so, and it's really hard to simulate that, you know, without pads on a Friday or Saturday. Uh, but Ryan has volunteered himself to do that. Dron Payne has done it before in the past at Alabama. So we have a couple options there in house without having to activate a true fullback. Um, so Ryan's got the body for it. He's got the toughness for it and the power. So he's a good fit for it. What's it like to be able to call a guy like Brian Quick back two weeks after cutting him and, and know that he can kind of step in seamlessly for you? What's that conversation like? Do you want to come back? Yes? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a great kid. We hated to let go of him in the first place because he's such a hard worker and had a good training camp. The injury set him back. You know, the thigh injury set him back. And we did get healthy. Uh, Cam Sims emerged in his absence, and then he got hurt a little bit, and Trey Quinn had an emergence. Uh, obviously, Mo Harris was uh, in a position he was in, so we had to, you know, numbers wise, we had to let somebody go. But fortunately, he's still on the streets and uh, able to fill a void for us. Right now, does he even track to be active this weekend? Yeah, we only have you know, yeah, our two five two of our five active guys are on IR now, so we have to activate a couple more. You know, Ju's got a chance if Mo can't go. Ju, you know, especially for special teams, you know that's what his strength is. And then obviously, quick could be the fourth.
1: What is it about your starting offensive line that allows it to be so consistent in the run game and the pass game? And what can that group do if those guys all five guys stay healthy?
4: Now, their versatility is the key. You know They can uh, run, they can pull. Um, they're strong at the point of attack and they're pretty athletic. So uh, you know you can have a lot of versatility there and Sprinkle getting better at the tight end spot has helped a lot. Uh, I think Vernon Davis has gotten better in there. Even Jordan Reed's gotten better in there and the receivers blocking has helped a lot too. So, and obviously I think Alex Smith with his versatility, able to move around and do some different things uh, with the football helps out. And then uh, the back's vision, you know, and running out for the contact.
3: What is it about Dunbar's game that posed such problems for Arizona? Well,
4: he was able to uh, make plays both in man coverage and his own coverages. I think it was one of his better games, and he tackled pretty well. So uh, I think it was one of his better games as a pro here. And I think uh, he's got to continue to uh, make strides to get better and and keep studying the game and and the people that he's covering. Um, But he's obviously had a big game Sunday.
3: Right. What, I mean, is that, like, his his size, his intellect? Like, what kind of went into him making those plays? Well,
4: he's an athlete. He's a good athlete. You know, being an ex-receiver helped out a little bit, too, because he can see routes and, and break on things. But uh, really, it's his length and his size, and he's got great speed, and recovery speed if he does get beat at the line. Uh, JV... Uh... The idea of a trap game is something no coach ever wants to think about, talk about. You hope your players are certainly not in that mindset, but obviously over the course of an NFL season, that's going to happen for every
3: team probably at some point. From your experience, what goes into, I'm, there's a lot of human human
1: elements in that, what goes into when a team does fall into that trap and what do you see as, that works to avoid such things?
4: Well, I don't think we're in that position right now to be thinking of trap games at all. We're, we're not good enough to be thinking about that anyway. We're, we're trying to find our way as a football team an identity on offense and defense, a consistency to our football team. We had a great start last week, but uh, we're, we're all about ball right now and trying to get better today and get ready for a very good, very talented, uh, well-coached Indianapolis football team.
0: Just a quick follow-up on the receivers. Is Cheston a guy who can play in the slot uh, since Quick is solely outside if Mo still doesn't get cleared?
4: Uh, probably not. We'll probably keep him outside. I think if something were to happen to Jameson, we'd probably put Jordan there full time if need be. Jordan's a great slot receiver, he can do everything.
0: Unrelated to that, but actually related to Jordan, is that the best blocking game he has had for you?
4: Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but he, he's gotten better. You know, I'm very impressed with Jordan the way he blocked. You know, all those tight ends really did a good job. You know, Sprinkle and Vernon, like I mentioned before, and that's, you know, one of the problems we had a little bit last year. Our, our tight end blocking wasn't as good as it should be. Our lines fluctuating in and out was a problem. So, uh, you know, they they did well.
2: Coach, Hurricane Florence is swirling around out there. Who knows if she's going to drop any rain this way. Are you making any sort of preparations in your practice for what kind of field you may or may not have Sunday?
4: Uh, You know, I think game plan related, we can adjust our game plan to that. We have a lot of different types of style of runs and and passes that we can adjust if need be, Uh, personnel groupings, but as far as practicing on on a possible wet field, we have no way of doing that. We just have to adjust uh, game time if something happens.
5: Um, I was going to ask about sprinkle, so I'll continue on. If you can kind of expand on, on where do you feel he is, or where he's gotten better as a blocker even from last year. I know that's part of the reason why you guys drafted him, but has he gotten better from last year, if so, where?
4: Yeah, without a doubt, is blocking, you know, and sprinkle is deceivingly fast. You know, he can get down on the seams and he's a good receiver also, but really we're asking him to, one, focus on being a good blocker at the point of attack. And that's why we took him out of Arkansas, but he's gotten stronger in the weight room with Chad and uh, and Wes has done a great job of his footwork and fundamentals and he's long and strong.
5: Because he can do that, how does that free you up with Jordan and then Vernon too? What options do that give you?
4: Lots of options. It's it's good options to have. You know, it's uh, the personnel packages vary. You know, sometimes we're sprinkling Jordan, sometimes we're sprinkling Vernon, sometimes we're Vernon and uh, Jordan, uh, and then a single receiver set. Sometimes it's one of the three, so we can mix them up, keep them fresh, uh, and, and utilize our best personnel accordingly.
1: Yeah. So of course you hear Jay Gruden saying at the beginning, you got Trey Quinn and got Cam Sims both on injured reserve. I mean, those were sort of the uh, preseason heroes for the Redskins. We have them every single year. We'll see if they are one of the players that's brought back at some point later this year. I, Trey Quinn would be the guy that I would guess out of those two if they were looking at one because of his punt return abilities. Cam Sims will be somebody that they'll develop long-term. The guy was undrafted anyway, so this is a nice bonus for them. But it's a shame to see both of them have those injuries you know, so early in the season. And now, look, Alex Smith loses a couple of young weapons that he could develop some chemistry with. Trey Quinn was certainly important, a guy out of the slot every once in a while, but certainly somebody that was a punt returner as well. Uh, speaking of Alex Smith, what does he think of the Colts? What does he think of not only what they've done in practice since week one, and what's the game plan, as much as they're at least going to tell us anyway, going into the home opener this Sunday against Indianapolis. We'll hear from Alex Smith next. It's the Locked On Redskins podcast.
3: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. You are locked on Redskins.
1: It was just how the running game would be. To get it going like that, what did that do
3: for you in the passing game? I mean, I think... Uh... As a quarterback, when you're throwing the football, anytime you have a run game like that, I mean, and, and defense got to defend it. Uh, it opens up a lot of opportunities for us on the edge, in the perimeter, uh, whether it be play action pass, just space in the field, um, a lot of favorable matchups. I felt like we had uh, because of the run game going so well. So, I mean, you love to have balance. I mean, that, that I mean that's any good offense has balance, and. Uh, you know obviously with us running the ball where like we did I think kind of setting that tone certainly a lot of stuff in the past game came off of it.
5: Alex you guys use a lot more RPOs than they've used in the past here that's something you've been comfortable with why are you so comfortable? How do with that? you
3: know there are RPOs?
5: Well I know be- because the players told me
3: so, <laughs>
5: And because I can you can look the, for some clues you, There's some, clues. some, some of them are fake I know, that. I know that I'm not Al Michaels
3: Yeah. <laughs> um,
5: but some of them we're being used, and it's, yeah. it helps open up some things. Why are you so comfortable with that, and what does it do for that run game?
3: I, mean, I, th- I think experience is the—I mean—the main reason. I've had a, you know, a lot of experience with them since they've kind of come in vogue. And uh, you know, some weeks they're great, some weeks they're not as great. I think that the nice thing is that as a play caller, all of a sudden now you don't have to be right. You know, in, in the past, if you if you were having to choose between kind of run and pass. Uh, you had to make that decision, and you kind of had to play that chess game as a play caller. Now, um, not as much. You know, you kind of have them built into the same play call, and, and the defense really dictates where the ball goes. Um, so, yeah, like I said, though, some weeks they make a ton of sense based on what you're seeing scheme-wise and, and from a personal standpoint. Other weeks uh, they don't won't be as good. So.
5: Following up
0: on
1: John's question, just what are your initial impressions being behind this offensive line, and and what's the versatility of these guys able to, uh, what are they able to do for for the run game and for the pass game and and those option plays you guys have?
3: Yeah, I I think I've been really impressed with those guys. Uh, Not just the starting five as a unit, but I think that whole room, uh, the kind of pride they take, the detail they have uh, at their position and as a whole. And, And I think the detail is in all aspects. I mean, I really don't, I feel like they can do about everything. They take a lot of pride and be able to do a lot. Um, They'll get pigeonholed you know, as, as a single player or as a group. Um, that that they, they can do it all. They're good in space. They can pound it. They're good in pass pro. So um, I think that's a strength, not only of theirs, but obviously ours as an offense and a team.
4: Alex, you played with Vernon Davis at kind of the height of his um, career in San Francisco. You obviously had a top flight tight end in Kansas City. I wonder when you've now had some experience with Jordan Reed, where you put his ability uh, and how important it is. If if he
0: is healthy, how different does that make this offense on a on a week to week basis?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the tight end position is such a unique position across the league. These guys are, you know, these guys are tweeners. They all do a little bit of everything. They have to block. Uh, in the run game, they have to block in the pass game. They have to obviously be involved in route running as well. Um, you know, we move them around, shifts and motions and things. I mean, I think these guys all have a lot on their plate. I think uh, you know, and in and in Jordan, you have a guy that uh, is, is really special and unique at at that doing all those things. Um, you know, his ability to 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 do a lot as a tight end. I mean, he's capable of doing about all there is because he has. You know, obviously the skill set to do it, and then I think mentally that that he works really hard at knowing all those facets of his game. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a difference maker, without a doubt, I mean, at the tight end position. And uh, it's different when he's on the field.
2: Alex, can you describe some of the diversity of the offense where... You can have a week like last week where you work a lot underneath with Chris and Jordan and yeah. not necessarily test the guys on the outside as yeah. much, but it's also kind of dictated by what the defense is. Yeah. And next week could be a lot different.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the mindset you, you hope to develop is that just, uh, and, and, and I think that's true every week. I know it's last week especially because we were facing a new coaching staff and a new defense, but every week there is an element of that. You, you, you don't know where their point of emphasis is going to be. And and I think uh, throughout the, the week, you're prepared to have a sound game plan knowing that. You know, we don't know. You don't know whose turn is going to be. You know, you don't know who's going to have that moment in that key situation. And and I think good offenses prepare every single guy included to do their job. That that when your number is called, you, you make the play. You know, you're accountable to the to the other guys uh, on the offensive side and the team. And uh, you know and that that you piece it together through playmakers and scheme that can't you can't stop us all. You know that kind of mentality. And and I think. You have to develop that and work at it.
2: Alex, you've been here for a couple months now. and just getting to know the guys and the personnel. Is there anything that surprised you seeing this team in game action for the first week?
3: Um, I don't know about surprise. I mean, I think just anxious to see us when it really matters. I mean, I, I think all that stuff gets turned up, right? The intensity, uh, the stress, the anxiety, all, all those things uh, get magnified uh, once they become real, and so uh, yeah, I was anxious to see just how we, we handled that, you know, traveling on the road, an opener, uh, handling our emotions, I think, because, uh, you know, using them as a strength or, you know, sometimes let them get the best of you. And, and uh, uh, I thought our team as a whole handled that really, really well, you know, and, and I think, for me, that's what I was, you know, that, that was still kind of the unknown, I think, to just see how we handle it, and it still is. I mean, we still, right, every week's a different thing and something else is going to come up and we gotta, we're got going to have to be able to handle it. So. Uh, that 's an ongoing test there's uh, the forecast for potential heavy rains on Sunday. Is there anything you 've picked up over your career or any, anything you try to keep in mind or <laughs> No, no secrets. I wish I had a secret or something that made it easy no it's it 's tough. I think uh, fundamentals attention to detail when you're hand on the ball every single play uh, in, in in weather you know obviously that 's a premium you know ball security and ball handling and uh, you know, in the pocket and things like that. So, now I wish I had some kind of secret secret sauce or something, but I don't. And just uh, try to do the best I can.
0: Alex, we've asked you about a, a number of unique players that you guys have, but Trent might be the most unique of them all with his athleticism. Have you ever played with a tackle remotely that athletic? And what kind of things can you do with him that you can't with a typical yeah, even I mean, very I, good left tackle? Yeah.
3: Again, I think it's you know a lot like the Jordan question. I don't. I don't want to necessarily compare to the other guys I played with, um, but. Same thing, I mean, he, he, he's a special player. He's a, he's a difference maker as well when he's on the field. Uh, I don't feel like there's anything he really is limited uh, in doing, you know. I mean, I, I think as a, as a left half, I mean, he, he can do it all. I mean, he's great in the open field. I mean, he's, he's I mean, so strong handling, I think, any guy's of size or a bull rusher, things like that, and then obviously has great feet, um, you know. So uh, I think all those things, I mean, I, I think obviously make him that special.
0: Whether it's in the offseason as you were studying this offense in, in years past, or watching the game back from Sunday, was there any time you watched him and just went, "How in the world did he do that"? Yeah, I mean,
3: there's plays all. Yeah, certainly, we watch, we watch a lot of film over the years, and you see plays. You know, I, you know, I think everybody in the league knows the caliber of player that, that he is and how special he is. Um, it's always different though when you're on the same field with it and you see it live. You know, I think it's a little more. Uh, it, you know, becomes a little more real. It's even it's special to see on a daily basis. Alex, I wanted to ask you about a teammate on the other side of the ball, Ryan Kerrigan hasn't missed a game in his entire career one hundred and fourteen consecutive starts. What kind of appreciation do you have for a guy who in a high impact position just is never out yeah. um i didn't know I didn't know that uh I, I mean that's a ridiculous stat, I, I think at that position you know anytime you're playing in the trenches with mean, those guys it's a different level in there every single play i mean it, it's tough to avoid contact and uh you know, I think a credit to him. I mean, certainly I see how hard he works, taking care of his body uh, every single day he's in here, uh, whether it be working out, recovering, doing something, rehabbing, I mean, he, he, uh, it's not by accident, you know, that, 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 that that's because of that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think having, having gone against him in the past, too, I mean, yeah, you just see that same kind of relentlessness on the field, you know, and, and obviously he's a uh, same thing, really an elite player. Uh, when you're out there every Sunday, you're helping us.
5: The receivers, how do you communicate with them? Really, with game flow in that game, you didn't have to use your wideouts a ton just because you had so much success with Adrian and Chris. How do you communicate with them on a week-to-week basis to say, hey, you know, stick with me here, I'm I'm going to get you involved?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think talking about it like that, I mean, that, that mentality, right, We there was some unknown. We didn't know the way the game plan was going to go. and it, you know, and, and I think there's going to be weeks like that. There's going to be other weeks where it comes in bunches, you know, and all of a sudden those guys are going to lean on them uh, offensively. We're going to need them, and, and the ball's going to be coming a, a bunch. That's the, that's the nature, I think, of week to week and just who you're playing. I, I think the great thing is we got a bunch of selfless guys out there. Uh, I think that all they care about is winning. Obviously, they want to be involved and, and included, but uh, team first guys. And, and I, I think that's not always the case at that position uh, around the league, and I I think kind of a credit to the the mindset that uh, those guys we have outside.
5: Um, Alex, there's obviously a big rookie class of quarterbacks, and you had to go through what a lot of these guys are going through, some are playing, some are not. For you, what was, you know when you look at your own self, what was the benefit, pros and cons, I guess, for you playing right away like you did?
3: I don't know if there were many pros for me playing early. (laughs) I felt like I dug myself a pretty big hole. Uh, That rookie year, Um, certainly though, playing, I mean, I started every game, played every snap that second year. And uh, for me, that was invaluable. That kind of experience was invaluable for me. Uh, But I do feel like that was a different situation than the year prior. And and, and these situations are all different. Some of these guys come out um, more ready than others based on how long they've played and just where they are maturity-wise, how old they are, I mean, all these things, how much ball they've played. So every situation is different. Uh, I don't think any two are totally alike. So it's hard to, to compare. I don't think you're really comparing apples to apples, but I do know for me, yeah, I, I do feel like I dug myself a big hole uh, my rookie year. Um, and it took, you know, multiple years to kind of get dig myself out of that. And
5: obviously, there are guys that you would have come in with the same class, a guy like Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere, he can sit for a while. Yeah. Do you ever wonder what could have happened for you if you could have gone there to a suit well, where you mean, can sit, not, or, or does it matter?
3: I've had I, I, people ask me and things like that. I don't give it much thought. I mean, what's the point, uh, you know? No, I mean, they're totally different roads, and, and uh, no. So, I mean, it, it does mean no good necessarily dwelling on that. Um, I'm very thankful for where I'm at right now, and the, and the road I did have to go down. Certainly there were tough times and things like that, but uh, no, I mean, I, you can't go back and change anything, so why even why dwell on it?
1: All right, so Redskins Colts home opener this Sunday at FedEx Field. I, it, right now it looks like in terms of the weather, I, I've actually been a nerd about this, and I've been following way too much hurricane stuff. This area should just get rain, but it's not going to be anything worse than that. Uh, If you're farther south, it's obviously a different story. So if you are in that area, we've got a lot of listeners that are in, uh, you know, the Carolinas and things like that. Stay safe. Hopefully you're out of there if you need to evacuate, uh, because that's the most important thing. Like, you don't need to stick around if you're going to get a burst of six feet of water that's going to be coming towards your house. It's, it's scary stuff. Stay safe if that's the case. We should, without any problems, have Redskins Colts on Sunday despite Hurricane Florence now you know, making landfall and, and, and look, just causing problems all up and down the East Coast. It looks like it's going to be more just rain than anything else. We'll have a, one more podcast tomorrow. And then on Sunday into Monday, recap of Redskins-Colts. Hopefully, look, Redskins can be 2-0, right? That's that's the goal. That's what we'd like to see. It's a whole lot better doing this. It's a whole lot better doing my job when the Redskins are winning. I can tell you that because I have seen the download numbers. And let me tell you, you are way more interested in this team now that they're winning. I can promise you that. So, yes, I'm also hoping for maybe selfish reasons as well. The Redskins keep on winning. Till tomorrow, it's the Locked on Redskins podcast.
2: You are locked on Redskins. a hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.